Have an Amazon Prime account? You can subscribe to Q Sports Talk on Twitch for free. Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Subscribe now through your Amazon Prime account. In the booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got holes on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. About a talk show host. This is in the booth. Talk show host, that's good. (laughs) I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. And welcome one and all in the booth. Good to have you with us on a game day. Not a time to kill until the 9 o'clock tip tonight. Seth gave you all the pre and the post and all that will be on uh, TK99, of course, beginning at 7.30. Orange and Hokies at 9 o'clock. Voice of Virginia Tech football and basketball, John Laser, will join us on the show in just a few moments. You can be with us here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Talk. Got the chat going. Brian uh, will monitor that for us. Tommy's uh, at the controls and uh, a good time to be had by all. So lots going on. We got to get into this Giants coaching search slash settle slash whatever it is. But uh, we have been preoccupied, Brian, by the bombardment of break room snacks, Mm -hmm. which is apparently a ripple effect of the holiday season, I would imagine. I don't know if it's a regifting or what's going on in there, but there is the mother of all chocolate boxes and I just want to be the one who says, look, we need a map on those things. I like if, the map. If I know it's Whitman, that's a particular brand that is going to guarantee the map. Others do it. If you're going to have the box with the assorted truffles and confections and whatever, various different, you got milk chocolate, dark chocolate, white chocolate, got various fillings, drizzles, whatever. You got to have the map. And this is a three-tier box. This is like a jigsaw puzzle figuring this thing out. I'll say this, though. Of all the boxes not to have a map, there are so many chocolates in this box. If you happen to get one you don't like, you really don't feel bad about going back in. Well, then it's another study in human nature, the savagery of the office worker, who just, us included, just going in, picking what you want. And I think the real kind of dirty move is it's in tears. There's trays. Somebody is lifting tray one because whatever their choice is preferred in tray one is gone. They're lifting that out. Now, it's still two-thirds full, putting that on the side and digging down to the second tier to get the one they want and just sort of leaving it there. And God forbid, there's still tier three. So somebody's going to go deeper on that dive. So yesterday, this box appeared from somewhere. We don't know where. Yeah. Now the, the I couldn't one, even tell you the brand because the the main the covering of the thing gone. is off. Yeah. Now tray one, and we're like, well, that's a very deep box. So I investigate. Oh, there's multiple trays, but the second tray had not been opened. We both delved into tray one. You know, lottery effect, whatever you get. Yeah. I was. I thought I might have snagged one that maybe had like a raspberry filling. I was incorrect, but made up for it today. I found it. Uh, so I felt good about that. <laughs> it was in a. Very different one than I expected. But now tray two open today. Tray one still half full. I don't I don't know the etiquette on that. That feels that feels off considering it's a it was like a sealed. It was it had it was a peel away situation to mm. get into tray two. My observation is that in tray one, 
all that was remaining was dark chocolate and white chocolate. So I think somebody had picked through the milk chocolate, and then they were diving down further to get that particular option. So uh, some interesting things there related to uh, to etiquette, to you know the, the science of the group, you know diving in on, on something like that, and then uh, then of course there's also healthy snacks that don't really get touched. Yeah, there's been some apples yeah. there for a minute. Well-packaged apples, beautifully packaged yes, apples. Yes, box of apples. But they've been there since at least Thursday or Friday. Right. So those things uh, go a little bit uh, a little bit more slowly. So the whole thing with the Giants is is just incredible. So And this is why we eat chocolates. Right. Well, that's that's why people do it. Yeah. And uh, so Matt Rule, everybody knew from the jump would be a hot coaching candidate this year. He's uh, New York, Long Island kind of guy, cut his teeth in coaching. It had been, had a role in the Giants' office several years ago, but goes out uh, into coaching. Uh, success at Temple, a place that, you know, outside of here in recent years has not had any success. Goes to Baylor, complete grease fire, uh, turns them around from a one-win team to an 11-win team. Hot topic, going to get a head coaching job in the NFL this year if he wants one. There's the presumed connection with the Giants, which led all of us to believe that um, the Giants were the leader for his services all along. And then today they hire a guy that most people have never heard of that wasn't even an offensive or defensive coordinator in the NFL. And Rule is going to another professional team that uh, wasn't really discussed as a possibility. I got, you know, these apps on your phone. They give you the notifications. I glanced down this morning at whatever time it was, 1030-ish, I think. And the notification at that point was Jason Garrett to interview with Giants. Right. And I say, oh, God, no, and open up Twitter to see where we're at. And I had waited so long at this point, you know, like 18 minutes, that Eternity. it said Giants have hired Joe Judge. And, then I, I say, and by the time I finally processed that, the report is now Giants request to interview Jason Garrett as offensive coordinator which caused me to again say, oh, God, no, except louder this time because he hasn't called plays in eight years. So I think Joe Judge, I don't know. I mean, the last special teams coordinator to be hired as a head coach in the NFL was Meaning the only other one. Yeah, and the other. only other one. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a great success rate, one for one. John Harbaugh has been one of maybe the second best head coach in the league over the last uh, 10 years. You could certainly make the argument that he's, he's in the mix of uh, the next group behind Belichick. So, and Judge is 38 years old and whatever, he might be the next young up-and-coming hotshot, which, okay, which also doesn't fit with anything else the Giants have done with keeping Gettleman. And let's not ask Jason Garrett into the building. How about that? I don't want him anywhere near well, any... Can I just I say, just, as, just from an, as an outsider, is it that bad, really? What, what's well, really maybe to be, not, but it, it seems to me to be a very shallow coaching pool this year. And I'm surprised we haven't heard from the Fritz Pollard Alliance and that type. Of, where is all the Rooney Rule set? Well, that's the thing. Like Eric, Eric Bieniemy has satisfied the Rooney Rule for literally Eric every coaching search. Has he? I mean, has well, he, has I, he I talked to all these teams? Uh, he's taught, he interviewed with the Giants and the Panthers, and I believe with the Browns. Uh, Jerry Jones, I think, had Marvin Lewis over for he a did, coffee. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, unfortunately for the coaches of color, that. Has Eric, been Eric a negative Bien-Aimé, side like, effect. You know, he's a legitimate. He candidate. looks exceedingly qualified, and it doesn't right. look like he's going to get any of these jobs. Right, but the, the topic for another time. What's happened with the requirement to interview minorities for these jobs is it very frequently becomes a token sort of recycling of the Hugh Jacksons of the world right. or the Marvin Lewis or, or whatever. And I don't know that there's actual 
real development. Uh, I know that there's more um, minorities, more women uh, being given opportunities over time, but uh, I'm surprised that so far the way these head coaching positions have gone, it doesn't look like there's been real legitimate candidacy. And maybe there aren't the qualified uh, candidates, but uh, when you hear people come out of left field, uh, some of these names, I guess, we're, like, in other words, if you're going to go to college, why wouldn't it be a David Shaw of Stanford who's long been thought of as a potential NFL? Uh, maybe they're not coming off an 11-win season and that type of thing like uh, Baylor and, and Matt Rule are. But that's, that's a, uh, a story for another time. And as it relates to, you know, around here, there's a lot of Giants fans, as there are a lot of Bills fans, and the Giants just... They look goofy in this whole thing. I could totally see them winding up with Garrett. Jason Garrett is a Maratish family kind of guy. So, do you, is he the guy that developed your first round quarterback? No, he may he may or may not be. I don't know. I well, mean, if you're going to hire him as the offensive coordinator, he has to be. Otherwise, you've completely screwed up the next decade. Can we go on further? How about the Cowboys? So, do I understand correctly that Mike McCarthy? has taken this innovative approach in a year away from the game, knowing that he's going to have a head coaching job, and he's basically had his staff, and they've been grinding, and they've been making their book books and That's plans. That's the story. Right? He didn't have an offensive coordinator in mind? Well, so he, he's apparently going to keep 20-year-old yeah. Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator of the Cowboys, which, again, more power to him. For all I know, it's great, and Kellen Moore is thought to be a hot shot. I know that, blah, blah, blah. But wait a minute. What, what did you have planned out if it wasn't that. Well, I'll say this for McCarthy. It's kind of weird. Of course, there. he'd be the play caller. McCarthy right? always called. I mean, right. the only time he didn't call plays with the Packers for like half a season, it like went off the rails and he started calling the, the plays again. So who knows how that'll go. I kind of, I, I was not excited about this group of candidates when the Giants had to go for a coach. I was kind of hoping they'd at least get in the mix for McCarthy. He's, he got a lot of crap, I think, because people were like, sure. well, he didn't win 28 Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers. Well, he won a Super Bowl. He coached Aaron Rodgers his re entire career, and Aaron's a great quarterback and whatever, but let's not make believe he did it all by himself. Like, McCarthy's maybe not the most exciting talker, well, but and you know, he's, he won a lot he's of games. from the Bill Walsh tree and everything. Good tree. You know, yeah. Bill Walsh is, unlike Bill Belichick's tree, which the Giants hired from, and those are two of the best coaches of all time, Bill Walsh's tree, the branches did well. Right. And you know, that's Belichick's tree, the the branches fell off. <laughs> and there's been some, you know, there's signs of, of guys there that have been successful, or they've certainly been successful at the coordinator level. Remains to be seen. I don't think it's just an automatic, you know, for Bill O'Brien, by all accounts, good football coach, winning record. I don't know. Matt Patricia, not really working out. Romeo Cornell, great defensive coordinator, not an awesome head coach, apparently. Charlie Wells. Right. And there's all kinds of reasons that guys uh, succeed or fail, certainly lots of reasons that they fail. Um, you know, so I it, it can't condemn a judge, Joe Judge. John, Joe Judge. John, Joe, Joe Judge. Joe, not can't. Aaron Judge. <laughs> I know somebody named John Judge, and he's not a football coach, but... Uh, Maybe he could be. The Giants have openings. <laughs> That's right. Um, but anyway, there's a... You got your Joe Judge, and it's obviously just trying to tap into the Belichick thing, and certainly when you have Belichick and Saban uh, as your mentors, then your your position for success. We'll see if it happens for him. All right, we'll break away from that. We got lots more to uh, get to, including probably even more of a candy breakdown if, if that's really what the people want. We'll talk uh, Virginia Tech sports with John Laser when we come back. He'll be on the Burdick Toyota guest line. The program brought to you as always by the Hoffman Sausage Company. If you've got a big pile of chocolate, you want to pair it with something savory. I suggest you go for any number of Hoffman Sausage products: hot dog, bratwurst.
whatever it might be, they all go as a nice predecessor to your chocolate binge. Hoffman, born in Germany, raised in Syracuse. Hoffman taste tells. When we come back, get into the hokey hotline. This is In the Booth on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. In the Booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. Back in the booth, good to have you along with us on a Tuesday game day. The Orange and Virginia Tech in the Dome tonight at 9 p.m. Good time to head to the Burdick Toyota guest line. Welcome in our friend John Laser, voice of the Hokies, football and basketball. And Lays, uh, good to have you in town. And uh, you got off to a good start last night. We did. We didn't even get to the hotel, my friend. We went yeah. straight to Dinosaur Barbecue. That's uh, credit to our nutritionist, Sally Onion, <laughs> and we crushed, my friend. We crushed. <laughs> That's a good good game plan. It's not like your hotel was that far away, I wouldn't think, either. So, But it's pursuant to you know what matters most and make sure you get a win on the road. You know, And, and uh, as we say, you can't always control the games, but you can try to get the best out of the road trips. And uh, exactly. got off to a good start. So uh, hoops tonight, and you know, Coach Beheim talks about Virginia Tech as uh, you know, no question, the surprise of the league, and and that type of thing. And it, is it something that's come as a surprise to people in Blacksburg with a, a complete roster overhaul? Plus, Buzz Williams is off to uh, Texas A and M. Mike Young comes in from Wofford, and uh, it's been a pretty successful bunch so far. It has been a surprise to me, at least, Matt, kind of seeing that from the inside a little bit in terms of what you knew you were going to lose off of a team that had been building to where they got last year. And, of course, you're talking about Justin Robinson, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Ahmed Hill, Kerry Blackshear, the list goes on. But then when Buzz Williams opts to leave for Texas A&M, takes the coaching staff, you lose the recruiting class, you know, you felt like it was going to be an all-the-way-down-to-the-studs rebuild. And it really hasn't been because Landers Nolly opted to stay. Will Sabidi opted to stay. T.J. Horn opted to stay. And although Beatty and Horn were certainly more of role players last year with those stars that you had, they did gain a lot of experience. And then the freshman class that Coach Young has been able to bring in have been able to contribute at a higher level on both ends of the floor than I would have anticipated being the case. And he has really already, Coach Young that is, showcased to me and showcased to Virginia Tech fans just how good of a coach he is, the actions that he runs, how hard he gets his teams to play. But we'd all be lying if we didn't say that this team is ahead of where we thought they would be. Well, a couple of them are literally ahead of where you thought they'd be, right? Because there's reclassification situations where they're at Virginia Tech now and they could still be in high school. How many guys is that? I know Cone is one, but it's it's uh, Ojiako. Is he in that category? And then is it, is it three total players? Yeah, it is three. It's the two that you mentioned, Jalen Cohn, John Ojiako, and then Naheem Aline. Aline wasn't a technical reclass, although he did. He was expecting to go use a prep year to get more physically strong before going to a four-year institution, and he's been a contributor. He's been a starter after the first couple of games. Ojiako, you know, a complete project coming in. It only played basketball in an organized way in two years, but has the physical skill set of like a Kevin Garnett, 6'10", rangy, quick, uh, all of those things, and he's come along a lot quicker you know he still gets baffled at times of course by more complicated offensive systems never more so evident than the Virginia game the last time they were on the floor but at the same time uh, he has been able to contribute at times offensively in a way that you probably didn't think was going to be the case so yeah all those guys a couple of the guys got to campus Matt in the summertime and they were still 17 years old Wow. John, what is it about Landers Nolly here? When when players redshirt their freshman year, usually you think it's because they're not quite ready 
to compete at the college level, and they might have great careers, but you, you got to build that first year you're playing. This guy's the best guy on, on the team by a mile right now. Was there any signs last year in practice or, or anything that this might be coming, or did this catch everybody off guard this year? Well, a better guy to ask that question to would be Ahmed Hill because that's who had to guard Landers when Landers was usually playing uh, the best offensive player on the opposition on the scout team, and he would light him up. They would have some battles, and of course, Ahmed Hill turned into one of the better on-ball defenders in the league last year. Absolutely. You know, you knew that this was a step-in-and-score type of guy. His defense, and he would still admit this, and Coach Young would say it too, has a ways to go, as it often does with talented scoring-type players. But no, he could have been a major piece for that team last year. It's been a woulda, shoulda, coulda type situation or what might have been through the fan base's mind because last year he probably would have taken a lot of minutes from Ty Outlaw uh, and even been a potentially bigger scoring threat than Ty was, primarily being a perimeter shooter. So absolutely, he's a guy that has tremendous confidence in himself, particularly on the offensive end. He's a matchup problem because he's 6'7 and probably plays a little bit longer than that and can score at all three levels. The problem for him right now is on the offensive end, a lot of times he's being asked to create from an individual perspective when stuff breaks down. Some nights he has a lot of success doing that, and on other nights he doesn't, and he'll have a rough night, uh, and I think he takes that harder than most. So as a redshirt freshman, putting a lot on his shoulders, and at this point he's handled it very well a lot more often than he has them. John Laser is our guest on the Burdick Toyota guest line. It's the Orange and Virginia Tech tonight at 9 o'clock. First of two meetings between the teams uh, this season. We'll have a trip to uh, Blacksburg coming up here in a couple of weeks. The Hokies were in the Sweet 16 last year. Then uh, the coaching change, and with Mike Young coming in from Wofford, this seems like an incredible kind of plug-and-play type fit. Somebody that's had uh, a great deal of success at a uh, one-bid league uh, kind of level, and what is it that he does where, and you mentioned actions, that they at Wofford, you know, people don't know this, but uh, they've knocked off a lot of good teams. They were a top-notch offensive program for the last number of years. Well, one, he's just an extremely positive guy. What you hear in post-game press conferences, that genuine, that kind of down-home Southern charm, that's who he is. And that's how he interacts with people. It's taken a lot of us a little bit uh, to reprogram ourselves to that. He you know, <laughs> sat down next to me at breakfast today uh, and just wanted to chat about family stuff for 30 minutes. And then I was on the treadmill over here at the Sheridan for all seven minutes of my workout. You know, he pops up next to me on the treadmill. Hey, how's it going? Uh, he's just kind of got that infectious energy. But in terms of, and you know, he'll kind of try to lull you to sleep and talk about how he doesn't believe in Ken Palm and all the matrix and efficiency numbers. That's a bunch of hooey because he absolutely does. He's well ahead of the curve and some of that stuff. But to answer your question more succinctly, Matt, what he gives the players is freedom. You know, I've never seen him express a frown or facial expression of frustration when what, when a guy takes what obviously would have been a bad shot in the previous uh, system, the previous offensive system and a lot of offensive systems, all these guys have freedom to to create, to take shots. It's all derived off ball screen action at the top and just kind of a read and react situation for the point guard. And of course, with a lot of players, when one, they're being encouraged behind the scenes a lot of times and they're being given freedom to take that into games on the court, that leads to confidence maybe ahead of when you normally would have it while some of these younger players struggle adapting to the college game. So it's kind of been a confluence of those things for him. And I'll tell you, our fan base just loves the dude already. They, they call him Frank Beamer and Sneakers. Uh, and, of course, it's kind of fitting because, like Coach Beamer was, he's a local guy he's from Bradford. And if I had a nickel for every guy who comes up and tells me he's their second or third cousin or they went to elementary school with him, uh, I'd be a lot richer man. But uh, it's been awesome. It's been a great fit. We talk about fit and, and area a lot. 
And, of course, Virginia Tech's had to do that on both the football and the basketball side over the last handful of years, and I think they got it right, uh, particularly, obviously, in this case. Yeah, we'll get to football in a second. I happen to have the uh, Ken Palm uh, printout here of, of Virginia Tech, and there are some interesting things if you if you do buy into that. And those of us who... You know, John, and what do what we do? You can sometimes get lost in just sort of staring at the numbers and the breakdown and the color coding, and, and I'm easily amused, so uh, I I fall into that. But uh, Virginia Tech is as reliant on the three pointer as any team in the country. They're uh, getting 43 percent of their points off of threes. Syracuse, of course, is right there. So this. Uh, feels like a game you know we had a blast saturday circus didn't win the game as it turned out but it was a lot of fun that matchup a shot making uh, type game both teams making 15 three-pointers in the Syracuse notre dame game on saturday and i know virginia tech was stifled by virginia as, as virtually everybody is but we could have a similar game to that tonight no doubt and i gotta tell you matt mike and i had a lot of fun listening to you and stat on our way back from charlottesville call that game and we're like hey that's the point sound like we're <laughs> right. uh, doing a great job after uh, we just got our head beat in at jpj uh you're absolutely right though yeah and and that's not a secret you know mike young is not going to deny that this is going to be a team that relies on the three-point shot he always likes the three-point shot all of his teams are going to be that way but it's generally predicated off of ball movement, sure, but also going into a more traditional big and then letting him spray it out to the shooters. This team doesn't have that luxury because you don't have a player other than Ojiako or Nolly, who's over six foot five, and Nolly's not going to be playing in the trenches too much. So, absolutely, they're going to be trying to find the gaps and spray it from the free throw line like a lot of people go. You know, we've got shirts in the works, I think, with a new logo. <laughs> Let it fly, baby. That's the mantra of this team. So we're going to be taking them tonight, Matt. I don't okay. know how many we're going to be making. That's pretty cool. One more Ken Palm nugget. Uh, Virginia Tech is 335th in height. Syracuse yeah, is 11th. Right. <laughs> and I'd like to see the other teams that are smaller than us. To be well, Niagara's one. They were just here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, how about we'll end on a, a football thought. Uh, this season was about the uh, the send-off of Bud Foster. And, you know, I know there was probably a time going into the season that, hey, did this really work out with Coach Fuente and blah, blah, blah. But it looks like he got his uh, feet under him a little bit. And, and certainly the, the send-off of a legend was a big part of the storyline. Yeah, it was. And, you know, we'll point, unfortunately, a lot to the fact that the Hokies lost their 15-year streak against Virginia in his last regular season game and then lost literally with the defense on the field in the last play for Kentucky offensively in the Belk Bowl. But prior to that, there were a couple of awesome moments, including pitching a shutout in his final game as defensive coordinator at Lane Stadium. And then on what was Bud Foster Day, the home game prior to that, whacking a pretty good Wake Forest team and doing it primarily with defense. And, you know, just people I think know this that have known Bud Foster for a long time. He's just such a fine person. I, I really struggle expressing just how awesome of a guy that he is outside of the legend that he was. So, He's going to be fine. Uh, Virginia Tech football is going to be fine, and he's still going to be a big part of it. He was at our coach's show Monday, and he's like, wait, I don't really know what to do with myself. I'm just going to sit back here and have a couple beers if that's okay. <laughs> you got it, man. Uh, so, yeah, all in all, I think people are excited for the future, excited to have a little youth and Justin Hamilton and recruiting uh, and some other minds in there on both sides of the ball. Uh, and with what they have coming back, 20 of 22 starters and 42 of 44 off the depth chart, uh, they do expect to be pretty good pretty quickly. Okay, interesting uh, stuff as always. We look forward to uh, seeing you and Michael over at the uh, Dome a little bit, okay? Can't wait to see you, my friend. All right, John Laser, the play-by-play uh, -play voice of Virginia Tech uh, football and basketball on the Burdick Toyota guest line. More to come for us as we roll along. Stunning similarities, really, I think, there are a lot of the things that John was rattling off. Is it
I, I was. I just still no. can't help but to think uh, with the basketball for sure that eventually one of these days in the same league with Virginia Tech, we will see Lane Stadium from the inside again. <laughs> right. <laughs> I assume it's not today. Not not today. Yeah, it's probably not tomorrow not, not or tomorrow. the next year. Yeah. Not any of the tomorrows in the next year. Or the year. I think it's twenty twenty two. Yeah. And the way they keep last time uh, we were there was two thousand three. Until then, you're going to have to play Enter Sandman off your. Off your various streaming devices. Mm -hmm. Find your own way. Uh, more to come in the booth. Brought to you by the Hoffman Sausage Company in just a moment on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No way. The other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care no more. Now, you guys mentioned Matt Rule to start the show, and it wasn't a shock that he got an NFL head coaching job, but Ian Rappaport is reporting that the contract that the Panthers gave Matt Rule is seven years, $62 million. That could be worth up to 70 mil with incentives. Now, Forbes put out an article about a month ago of the highest paid coaches in all of American sports. If Matt Rule doesn't get $1 of his incentives, he would make just over $8.8 million per year, which would make him the 11th highest paid head coach in all of American sports. I was shocked when I saw this. Unbelievable. They went all out for Matt Rule. There's a lot of comebacks on this, and one would say, why do you need to incentivize somebody you're already paying $62 million? <laughs> I would expect that person to be at the very top of their profession. The owner of the Panthers has extraordinarily deep pockets so that's a start richest and, owner in the nfl yeah not a bad title to have david, Pretty cool. david yeah. tepper first year owner of the panthers his net worth as of uh, last february 11.6 billion with a b so i think he found the 60 in his couch <laughs> somewhere <laughs> isn't that incredible <laughs> like that's what i say you put it in perspective 60 million he's like that's a lot did i leave that around here somewhere He's What's got, all he's the fuss about? <laughs> Uncashed checks at that uh, kind of value. So hey, the good, other owner's got to be pissed at Good enough. for Matt Rule. I mean, yeah, right, exactly right about that because it raises the structure for everybody. Hey, hope it works out. I don't know how you could be that sure about somebody that you've interviewed or known for 10 minutes that you're, you're putting into this type of position. Good for him. I hope it works out for all concerned, but that is uh, some kind of nut. Makes more than John Calipari in Kentucky. Yeah, crazy. Uh, Brian, now I know... Well, with the asterisk of, obviously, everybody in college makes crazy money given what it is. You know, the pros, I hey, this, these are grown-ups with their own dollar, whatever. Do do with it what you want. I, I don't begrudge rule or temper. Do what you want to do with it. But in terms of the value delivered and what they've earned and whatever, it's hard to justify this guy who, you know hasn't been around the NFL in recent years and what I'm sure he's a good coach but let, let's let's see he shouldn't be making a lot you know he's not Saban or Belichick or Calipari or Popovich or you know the people who win should get that stunning and Brian I was going to ask you it seems like the Giants top priority for the head coaching job was Matt Rule when you saw the contract did it make you understand why they didn't get him or did it make you accept it more um I was the 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 Giants' top priority appeared to be Matt Rule, right? And if it was, they probably should have interviewed him earlier, or at all, or at all. <laughs> that interview was supposed to be going on now, right now. 
<laughs> like uh, they were going to just get around to it? He was their top person. Yeah, so I wasn't as sold on Rule versus the other guys. It was whatever. Like, what has he ever done to earn this job? Obviously, he's a good football coach, but he, to me personally, but yeah, it seems to be another piece of evidence of the Giants' general dysfunction if that was reportedly by many, many people, the guy you were targeting and on the other side was targeting you. All the reports said if he's going to take a pro job, it's going to be the Giants' job. I don't think they knew about this, the $60 million. But <laughs> and you reportedly called them once he was about yeah, to take this yeah, job. Can but, you match it? Yeah, the report. Hey, here's what I got. If you can offer me this, uh, I won't sign it yet. And they're like, yeah, we're good on that. Have you heard of Joe Judge? <laughs> he's alliterative. People like the name Judge around these We can parts. get him for a skosh under $60 million. Yeah, so the Giants are giving Joe Judge. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Uh, according to the State Medical Board of Ohio, someone submitted a petition to add Bengals slash Browns fans as a qualifying condition under the Ohio Medical Marijuana Control Program. That's worthy. It's creative. That should be accepted. That is a tough title right there if you're one of those fans. Fan one of those teams. Brutal. It's by your choice. Well, not always. Well. Not always. Brian's son's a Giants fan, not by choice. <laughs> he doesn't know it yet. But yeah, I was going to say. Tough go, Max. Sorry about that. <laughs> Maybe, well, by the time he knows what's going on, hopefully they got it figured out with probably the coach after Joe Judge. <laughs> <laughs> the GM that after Dave Gettleman. Actually, I got no problem with Joe Judge. I'm kind of intrigued by the Joe Judge hire. It's the entire rest of the nonsense that's got me bothered. How is Joe Judge? And uh, shoot, I mean, uh, had he walked in the door here yesterday, I wouldn't. I mean, he I've heard the door right I've now. Vaguely heard, <laughs> vaguely heard the name, but he's wearing a shirt that says Judge. I'll assume he's a Yankee. How is he any different a hire than Ben McAdoo or Pat Shermer? He looks less angry. <laughs> Better hair. Doesn't have that yeah. weird haircut that McAdoo had going on. That's true. Bad hair. Uh, he knows Bill Belichick, especially for a rich person in you know New York City or any, you know anywhere that has you know like a barber. Not as rich as Matt Rule. <laughs> That's true. That dude's gonna be styled. Yeah. There's Joe Judge and then there's Judge Judy and and Matt Rule has closer to Joe, uh, Judge Judy money. I mean that's that's big money. Well, he does not have Judge Judy money. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different level. Uh, sorry to pile on here, Brian, but sources tell Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellich of The Athletic that the Boston Red Sox used video, a video replay room illegally in 2018. Uh, the Red Sox would have a staff member in the video replay room tell a player the current sign se sequence. The player, yep, follow along, Matt. The player would return to the dugout, delivering the message on foot. Someone in the dugout would then relay it to a base runner. Mm -hmm. who would then come up with what the sequence was and then would do his own sort of relay system to the batter. With, how, a, with how, a carrier pigeon. Yeah, how fast <laughs> it feels like the guy would be out, but I kind of like, I kinda oh, like the Astros. Three pitches ago was a fastball. Yeah, I know that. I, I, I feel like here. the Astros banged the trash can around better. How about the Dodgers, though? They've That's lost, sophisticated. They've lost two World Series to teams that have just been cheating the crap yeah. out of it. Right, the Yankees got eliminated yeah. in the playoffs Fen from these two teams as well. Yeah. Fenway Park is awesome, and, you know, if you love baseball, it's just a great, it's just great. But it's old. There's not a lot of space. But but they're finding a way. They got they've got this whole process. They got the video room. They got, not all of the seats uh, point at the field. <laughs> right. The visitors' clubhouse is as big as this room, and uh, they they are going to find a way. They still get to keep the trophy, right? We're good on that. Yeah. All right. Well, if not Mookie Betts, they'll we'll keep see. the trophy. Well, These Nashers, their punishment comes down within the next two weeks, according to Passon. So we'll see if. if if they lose, if they get their title strip, which isn't even a crazy thing to think. Like, it, that's not crazy. That might happen. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah.
Um, that's a very, that's a, you think so? That's yeah. a, you don't think that's a they're very gonna, a They're going to vacate a world championship? Not a chance. If they do it in college sports, why can't they do it with the NBA? This is crazy in college sports, and everyone else knows it. Yeah. So you're right, but it's still a thing. It, I don't. It's not don't, a crazy punishment. Yeah, I don't see that. I don't think Major League Baseball wants to be like, it'll you know be, what we want to be? The NCAA. Be, yeah, and it'll be something obscure that only hardcore fans follow. It's going to be like bonus pool money. Draft picks that barely matter I in baseball. Suspe- I think there'll be suspensions. Suspension, yeah, you could suspend the suspension manager, general Latin manager, or whatever. Scouting. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, who knows what the heck's uh, going Alex on? Alex Cora, though, ties to both of these channels now. A little worrisome, right? Gotta be. He's- uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, that that's kind of how that flows, but I don't know. I, I have a hard time getting too worked up about it. I, I think there's gamesmanship uh, throughout baseball. You know who told the Red Sox how to film stuff? Joe Judge. I was going to say, Belichick, Belichick told him. Yeah. Nobody knew who like Judge that. was, so he just walked in the building and told Alex. Hey, he's an expert. I mean, it's a bit of a haul from Foxborough there, but they made it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Time for one more? I guess. The XFL. They released a bunch of their rules. Sign stealing legal. Yes. There's about two dozen changes with the XFL. Right, let's go lightning book. round. I don't have I don't have them all. I have one in front of me though that I think was very interesting. They're doing a shootout style overtime. Each team will get five single play possessions from the five yard line. If the game is still tied at that point, the rotating possessions will just continue until there's a winner. So just like a, sh- a hockey shootout, five Can I rounds. Kick? No, no, no. You have to score a touchdown or whatever you want to call it. Do I go the and then you go? Like yes. the penalty kicks? Are there yep. teams that each, is it like you're lined up at one end of the field, then it's back and no, forth? No, that would be very cool. Because but no, that, that would make me in on it. If they got to run off the field and jog yeah, out. Yeah, our out. offense and your defense at one end. Yeah. Now, if it's back and forth real quick, like the play ends and you height and then the that, play clock starts. That'd be kind of cool. Idea. I'm in on that. If and they got to jog off the field and run out, I got no time for it. Right, it's too long. And then. The, the TV camera cart is racing from one end to the Ooh, other. Yeah. The booger mobiles is driving. Um, so basically, it's, it's it's in essence two point conversions over and over. I mean, that's Slightly what which is, five. Yes. Yeah, a which is longer. what some people have proposed. And that I don't remember a game. I don't think it came up this year in college football. But once you get to like the fifth overtime in college, uh, you've got to do that now. And because um, the one game took a while that one time. Well, right. Well, actually, I think what they did is they went to the mandatory two point conversion on a touchdown, which we know. And then there's a certain point now where it's just the two-point conversion. That, that's you can, what you're talking yeah, about, the fifth yeah. overtime. So that, and that was new this year. So, um, yeah, that's. I mean, I, I like experimentation in some of those things, especially in these new uh, contrived leagues. But I, I think you do need to see. Yeah. There should be 44 players on the field. Yes. Um, and to watch it, there's a split screen. Why not what if I score time? in one of your plays? Why defense can't score. So it just ends the play. It's just a yep. So it's just, you know, it's not like the people on the I, other end of the field are. I think it's stupid then to go like a soccer penalty kick. Like you're you go, then we all come off the field, and I go. Just you run your you run your five, and you get how many ever points, and then we'll run five. Maybe the, according to the gift that the XFL put out to go through this, it they weren't going opposite sides. Maybe they do. The problem is, I'm not going to watch it, no matter what, because all of the players are worse than the players I yes. prefer to watch play. Yes. You won't just watch football to watch football, though? I tried that the first time with the XFL, and it was so bad that I will not do it again. Yeah. That football was inexcusably bad, and right, I will I not a, watch it again. I got a couple other rule changes. Maybe these will uh, pique your interest. Three options after scoring a touchdown, a one-point play from the two-yard line, a two-point play from the three, and a three-point play from the ten. No option to kick an extra point. So to get that one point, uh, an extra point's equivalent to a two-point a two point conversion, I guess, in the NFL. 
Okay. In, out. Not yeah, that's in. fine. Yeah, fine. It's going to create some odd scores and strategy. And, code. you know, it's okay. You get a nine-point touchdown, I guess. Yeah. That's some, something. A rule that allows... Is it a rule that we have to end the show on time, or is it... XFL, no rules in the XFL. A rule that allows two forward passes on one play, providing the first doesn't go past the line of scrimmage. Fine. So a screen could end up turning into a halfback pass. Fine. Now we do have to take a break so we can end the okay. show on time. All right. We'll have to think about that one a little bit. That would look funny. Maybe we'll I'm go sure, through more on Twitch. I'm sure some defensive coordinators will do that. Okay, some defensive coordinators are going to have a hard go. All right, on Twitch, we're going to hit the rules. We'll come back to uh, wrap the show for real on radio in a moment. Brought to you by the Hoffman Sausage Company. You're in the booth on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. In the booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. Some uh, good ground covered uh, today on the program, uh, beginning with chocolate. Ending, I want to end, Brian, with uh, Jeopardy. So I was going to end with chocolate, too, on the way out. <laughs> See if uh, any damage has been done uh, during the program. Um, who you got in the uh, the Jeopardy greatest of all time tournament starting tonight? I say I got, my, got, I got my... You got Ken Jennings, you got Holtzauer, and the other guy. I, I, <laughs> Brad Rutter, I believe, is go. the other guy's name. Uh, I've got my DVR. I got I know, it all programmed and ready to go since we'll be... I'm not the, certain. Now, could it go? It could go multiple days, right? I'm not certain I have enough room on the DVR. I think it's what... Is it the first to win three games or something? Yeah. So I think they're just doing one a night till somebody's won three. So I'm, I'm hoping it goes a, a minute. Um... I'm I'm gonna probably go Holtzauer just because of the strategy, but I think the other two guys they'll catch up, right? Well, because of him, they're going to, like they're not dumb. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna play the same strategy, so it might be fun to see Ken Jennings just playing wild and crazy guy Jeopardy. <laughs> like they all know the answers, so it, it'll be pretty pretty fun. I guess those runner guys legit, but I've never actually seen him. And maybe I caught him in one of these tournaments at some point, but no. I mean, I didn't really watch. Like Holzhauer was an appointment viewing when he got going there and yeah. won. You and know, the, the end of the Ken Jennings run that was the yeah. thing. Like, I mean, he won seventy some odd in a row. Yeah, so I'm kind of. Uh, there's got to be Vegas odds on that, right? I'm kind of excited to to watch. Uh, have the DVR tonight with the with the basketball game, but uh, does Alex punch Holzhauer at any point? No, no. Al Alex likes Holzhauer. Because of his, his uh, zeal for the game and the ratings. Yeah, because it made it made Jeopardy but exciting. But he's kind again. of a prick. Yeah, but Alex is good with it. Like, yeah. Alex can hold his own. Yeah, he can. Well, Alex just kind of rolls his eyes at the right time. And, yeah, like, yeah. I think he's... I think Alex, I mean, especially given his illness and the whole thing, I think he's exceedingly excited for, yeah, for this happening. tournament. Yeah. The right. eyes on Jeopardy and Alex Trebek. He's yeah. ready with the answers. He is. I'm. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to checking that out. So that'll be a, a later in the week uh, binge watch. I think once they've gotten a couple uh, episodes down. So basketball tonight in the dome. One thing we'll uh, table this for tomorrow. Well, tomorrow might be a, a taco salad uh, hodgepodge kind of show. Brian's got some uh, reflections on uh, Lacrosse Media Day. I know he's going to have uh, Coach Desco on later in the week. Paul Pasqualoni basically fired uh, by the Lions and. Uh, I'd never really addressed that last week, so there's some things we can get to. We'll do that on the show tomorrow, recapping the hoops game tonight, of course. So for uh, Tommy and Brian and John Laser and the chocolates, I'm Matt. So long, everybody.